The dead dive. What, Captain Hollister? Everybody's dead dive. What, Todd Hunter? What, Selby? Not Chen. He's dead, Dave. Everybody is dead. Everybody is dead, Dave. Red Dwarf is back. Holly is back. We're back. It is time for another episode of Everybody is Dead, Dave, the Red Dwarf Review podcast, where I, Phil Hawkins, a longtime fan, and Adam Martin, the relative newbie, Yes. Uh, go through every episode of Red Dwarf, and we're up to series eight. Series eight, the last of what Phil's told me is was it the the original run, the classic yeah, run? What's it's the, the classic the terminology? I don't, there? I don't know if there's an official terminology. Like you know, we have like classic, Doctor yeah, Who New Who is the um. I don't the know BBC if there's an official era. one, but the, the original run, yeah, yeah, the BBC era. That's good because then you've got the Dave era. After the Dave that. era. So the, the yeah. BBC era uh, is coming to a close at the end of this series. And then there's like a 10-year gap after that. Yes. Um, so yeah, cracking on. And we've got another guest reviewer with us today, Rebecca Fivian, who is an yeah. actress and also partner to Adam Martin. That's right. Yeah. Got the other half on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and um, as I mean, as, as Phil said, like Phil, you're a longtime fan. I'm relatively new to this, about a year in now. Um, Becca, what's what's your experience with Red, Red Dwarf? I mean, I've got very limited experience. Um, I've seen clippets of it like over the years, and I've always thought this looks really weird. I'd probably like this a lot, but I've never got around to watching it. So I'm really grateful for this opportunity to actually <laughs> sit down and, and watch Red Dwarf. Wow. <laughs> so in the last year, Adam, in the last year that Adam's been watching this, he hasn't forced you to sit down and watch it with him or anything or do watch no, with him. No, I, I think when he first started, he did suggest to me, oh, you know, do you want to watch a few episodes with me? And I was just like, Oh, yeah, maybe. Yeah, fine. And I'm very, I mean, Adam will tell you, I am, I've got the worst attention span. Like, (laughs) I'm literally like a five year old. So I need like 30 seconds to focus on something. And if I'm not gripped within 30 seconds, that's it. I'm away with the fairies. Um, But to be fair, I don't think we actually got round to giving it a chance together. No, um, I don't think so. I mean, obviously, yeah. when we started this film, we were still in a grip of a of a lockdown as yeah. well, and uh, yeah, we were, were in two different locations, so that would have been a bit hard to stream across, especially now yeah. it's not on Netflix or BritBox anymore. Just just a fun story to get this around right. So when obviously when I said to Becca, let's do this, I thought, oh, hang on, how is she going to watch it? Because of course it's not on Netflix, and obviously Brit. Uh, do we say it's no? It's not on BritBox anymore, is it? Not uh, the first eight series anymore. No. It so is I, on Now it. TV. It's not Now TV, yeah. uh, which Becky you used to have, but don't have anymore. Yeah. So I thought, right, what are we going to do? So using from, from Christmas, my new handy dandy Blu-ray drive, I uh, don't tell the BBC. I, uh, I ripped <laughs> the episode from the Blu-ray and sent it via a Google drive. So technology does work in yeah. favor. So. It worked very well. I was very impressed. Yes. <laughs> Excellent. Well, at least we got the episode to you then. Um, we're talking about Back in the Red Part One. Uh, this is the first part of a three-parter. This is going to be uh, this is going to be strange for you, Rebecca, because you're watching just Part One and just reviewing yeah. Part One of a three-part story. But it is Part One. The nanobots have rebuilt Red Dwarf, as we discovered at the end of the last season, and mm-hmm. um, Lister Kachansky, Crichton the Cat, find 
that the nanobots haven't only built rebuilt the ship, they've also resurrected the whole crew. Yeah. Um, and that is where we find ourselves. The episode's in typical Red Dwarf style. We ended on a cliffhanger last series, and we're of them discovering the ship, flying into it, realizing they were tiny compared to the ship, like they they were like mi- almost microscopic. And then it ended. That's the situation. And then we start this episode in a completely different situation, not mm. knowing what's going on. Adam, did you think this was another one of those weird oh, they're just glossing over it? Thing? Yeah, I, I thought, oh, we're not doing this again. I mean, Red Dwarf, uh, Becca, just saying, if, if you want a show that is very strict with continuity, this is not the show. Um, (laughs) there's been season finales where stuff has been teased and then the next season will literally be like, we're just not even going to talk about that ever again. So I thought this was one of those moments. But eventually, and we'll get to it as we go, eventually it does uh, come back to what's going on. But yeah, this start was very odd for me. Of course, we get the usual as the theme song plays, like, you know, little snippets of what's to come this series. Um, And it seems like we're going to get a lot of, I'll I'll be kind and say, interesting CGI. Um, This... (laughs) This was 1999. I know that's quite a while ago and, you know, technology was very different. But yeah, I think there was a dinosaur at one point in that title sequence. And I was like, ooh, that is a CGI dinosaur. But yeah, so I'll be (laughs) I will be kind. You know, it was it was over 20 years ago. Um, But yeah, no, I'm looking forward to what's to come. And we're in this prison. But one of the first things I noticed is um, not just Red Dwarf's back. Rimmer's back. Rimmer's Um, back. Arnold yes. J. Rimmer. Um, just for context, Becca, the, it was the guy on the the guy on the bottom bunk, the one that's yeah. not Craig Charles. <laughs> um, I, I, he... I did. I did a very good job at picking up names. You know, I was oh, very impressed. Ah, myself. good. That'll make our job easier. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Rimmer was sort of. I think it was in like half of the last season, wasn't he? Because the actor. Uh, Chris Barry, was it he wanted to do other things? Or he well, he was he had his other show, British Empire, that which was it. He, was, uh, he was the sole lead of, really. Um, so he wanted to focus on that. Yeah, but it's so good to have him back. And um, Becca, for you then, as a new fan, I mean, right from the get-go, I guess we've got the whole dynamic between Lister and Rimmer. Um, mm. What did you think of this opening scene then? I really enjoyed it, you know. It was so playful it reminded me of me and my sister when we were kids. Like, <laughs> usually I'd be the quiet one where I'd be like, no, I'm not talking to you. And Jess, my sister, would do everything in her power to annoy me, to be irritating as hell. And she succeeded in, like, getting me to react. And I just loved that sort of... It was just banter between mm. them, really, Um even though obviously Rimmer doesn't say anything, it's all in the expression. And I just love that. Yeah, really, really enjoyed it. I thought it was a really sort of quick witted start to the episode and I connected to it massively. Yeah, he's a great physical actor, Chris Barry, who plays Rimmer. Um, definitely, just... definitely. And, and Phil, I guess that, that dynamic the two of them have, it's almost like they've never been away, was it? They've just. Yeah, like, and it was it so good to up. have like a one of the classic like bunk scenes again because they're mm. this kind of like one on the top bunk one on the bottom bunk uh scenes is something from the first few seasons that they had all the time and then they kind of moved away from it so it's kind of nice call back to earlier times and uh yeah it was a lovely scene i i was kind of wrapped up in the nostalgia of it when it first started and i wasn't i was kind of wondering where they were going with the jokes i wasn't finding the whole magazine 
Yeah, that joke, went on a bit too long funny. for me. <laughs> this is your classic. It went on too long. Adam's classic. Uh, <laughs> the joke went on for too long, but it did. Like it, it was did. funny at first, but I mean, there's only a certain amount of times you can say an 83 year old dad, and it's still being fun. Well, for me anyway. Like yeah, yeah. Well, I kind of yeah. I just, I, I wasn't that. It was kind of the opposite way around for me. I was kind of like that whole scene got funnier as it went along. I didn't find that whole 83 year old dad thing particularly funny. Um, but then once he got into the trying to get Rimmer to speak mm. uh, with, like you say, with the physical comedy and everything, that was really funny. And there were some nice callbacks there to earlier seasons as well, including Yvonne McGruger. Yes. She got a name check who is mm. uh, Lister's, or not Lister, Rimmer's sort of one, uh, how do we phrase it? Uh, one, what one notch on his bedpost <laughs> the only notch on his bedpost i suppose but yeah. yeah i mean just i guess just to ask you becca like in in general like that i guess that opening scene sort of is a good example of the kind of like humor and and tone of the red dwarf humor i think phil mm-hmm. for like a lot of it um but yeah through, just to like generally through the episode what did you think of like just the like the humor aspect that they're going for because there's there's a bit of everything sometimes like there's physical humor like there's yeah. quick-witted humor there's even some i guess you call it like vulgar humor maybe like what yeah what did you just think of the whole like yeah the humor tone of it yeah i i love i think throughout this whole episode it was really quick-witted and i, I wasn't expecting that i don't know what i was expecting but it it was a pleasant surprise, really. I, I found myself laughing out loud quite a lot. Um, but for well, me, it's the yeah, it's <laughs> the it's the physical humor that I find absolutely hilarious, like in anything that I watch. So I was particularly drawn to that. Um, and I would agree with Phil actually in that in that first scene towards the end when it was very physical, that for me, I was I was really engaged with it. I found it really funny to watch. Mm. Um but yeah, I, I think I, I quite like the humor. I think I'd like to watch the other parts as well to mm. see how the humor differs in the same sort of storyline. Yeah. Does that make sense? Absolutely, yeah. 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 And then we get oh actually one question for you, Adam. Did it? How long did it take you to notice? Because at this point, we don't know about the resurrected crew. Are you how talking did, about? Yeah, how long yeah. did it take you to notice that Rimmer didn't have the H, the for H on, his he- on his head? Pretty quickly, to be honest. Okay. Um, I actually wrote. I said, "There's no H on his head. Are we? Are we back in time? Is this another dimension?" Again, for in in on Red Dwarf, um, the ship can sustain one hologram of someone who's died. But to oh. to show that they're a hologram, they they always have a H plastered on their forehead which Rimmer has had throughout the past seven seasons. So yeah, pretty quickly I was like, there's no hate. I'm, I'm poor Chris Barry. I'm so used to, I bet if I met Chris Barry in real life, I'd be like, where's your H mate? <laughs> like you ain't got your H on your head. So yeah, pretty quickly. So I, 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 w- thought... I was going to say, uh, like I, that's something that I knew was that one of the characters had a H on their head. And I was like, yeah. I didn't see a H. <laughs> <laughs> yes. False yeah. promises. We've led you down a path. <laughs> But, um, but interesting fact, before this series aired, they did a, I think it was maybe like a, com- a comic relief or a um, children in need, like little skit hmm. that involved all of this cast. So it was, Rimmer was back, but there was also Kachansky there because Kachansky only came on board Rebecca after Rimmer had originally left last season. So she's a relatively new 
permanent character. Uh, but this skit had all of them in it. So it, was, it it's kind of doesn't fit in anywhere yeah. chronolo- chronologically. Oh, really. But Red but Dwarf in, doesn't care. In that, <laughs> though, to, to, because it was so close to this airing and they knew what they were going to do with this, to not give it away, they did have him with his H in for right. that. So right, they okay. wouldn't give away that he was um, going to be resurrected in this. Very but, clever. There we go. But then we skip to sort of three, well, skip back to three days earlier and we find out what did happen after that cliffhanger. Um, we got actually we're talking about dodgy CGI, but actually I think the CGI in this bit was actually yeah quite the, good. The Starbuck CG was all right. Yeah, and they I'm pretty sure that it's they've remade the shots from last time. So I the ship so. is Red Dwarf is different. It looks different mm-hmm. than it was mm-hmm. at the end of the last season, and it and the the shots of them flying into the hangar and stuff have been remade as well. And the CGI is much better than it was at the end of that season so well, you know i think these cgi is all right what what do you think about the cgi rebecca in, in just the, in the episode in general you can talk about other bits as well but um i didn't have high hopes i really didn't have <laughs> is high that hopes. because it's from the 90s and you just yes. kind of assume yes. that it yes. wasn't great back then but i think watching it now i mean yeah it's hilarious because of in some respect how poor the cgi actually is but you know, if I was watching that for the first time in the 90s, I can imagine being really impressed at, like, the absurdity of what they've created. And, that you know, it's... Yeah, I, I quite enjoyed it, actually. Um, yeah, yeah go on, Phil. Good. Tell us what it was like in, in good old 1990. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I'm old. <laughs> uh, we were around too. We wouldn't have just been watching Red Dwarf. Maybe a tad too young. In That's too young. How, how old were you in 1999? Uh, I was three. Four. Uh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I was probably watching The Lion King. That's yeah. That I'll back that up. That's in fairness. True. I was probably also watching The Lion King as well as Red Dwarf. So <laughs> yeah. okay. I did. There were some lines I liked in this uh, while they were crashing. Um, see, well, first of all, we get the CGI rat. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, which maybe is slightly one of the dodgier bits of CGI, but was quite amusing when they fly uh, as they are so much smaller than the rest of the ship, fly into the rear end of a yes. rat and end up flying the rat. I never thought I'd see the day. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was quite humorous. And, and in a way, the CG made it funnier, like when they actually get out of the rat and the rat just sort of flies off into a corner. It, yeah. just, oh, it made me giggle. <laughs> But one of my favourite lines was when Lister comes in showing that his body's fixed. He's got his chest out. And I don't know why, because sometimes cat, um, the cat's one-liners don't sometimes don't really land for me. But this one did. It's when Lister's like, look, my body's fixed. And he just goes, there's an invitation that will not cause a stampede. No, come on. <laughs> I don't know why. It just, it really got to me. So that's a, that's a potential funniest moment for later. Yeah, I also like the cat's uh, brown alert comments um, brown alert, you know yeah. maybe we should switch to brown alert <laughs> and then i think Crichton questions that they don't have a brown alert you won't be saying that in a minute <laughs> and don't say i didn't alert you <laughs> and of course we see uh norman lovett's back for this series as well as holly which is yes. great um what do you think of holly becker i absolutely love holly i thought like, you might so. <laughs> su- like holly's first appearance when he's like 
uh, should we have a game of charades with our nose? <laughs> Is that a no then? I was literally like, <laughs> I was on the floor. <laughs> I yeah. just couldn't stop laughing. That I love the deadpan like delivery of his lines and every time he came on screen, I think because I'd laughed so much every time I'd seen him, it was like the expectation to be really impressed by his delivery was there. I really, really enjoy that character. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's good, Norman, isn't he? We like Norman. He's great. I just, his delivery is spot on here, and that line was 100%. hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, we get, uh, we do get a line that I was wondering what you guys thought about it. it it's, it's Crichton. I think it's Crichton, isn't it? That says, I, yeah, I don't understand. He's sniping at Kachansky again, and he says something like, I don't understand a woman who is approaching 30 and still sleeps with a cuddly bear named Boo Boo or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What did you guys think of that? Because Just to it, give a bit of context, Crichton has had over the last season a uh, kind of very adversarial relationship to Kachansky. He kind of thinks that Kachansky is going to take Lister away from him. So that's the kind of background to his feelings of Kachansky. Yeah. Um, which might make some sense of some of his lines in this episode that you wouldn't have well, known before. I mean, yeah. I thought on one hand I got it because it's like, you know, again, it's referring to that whole adversarial thing. But the last time, the last episode of series seven, I think we said that they both actually worked together more to like, you know, fix a common cause. So, and we said it almost felt like, a, you know, some development for them. Like they're not, every interaction doesn't have to be them like sniping at each other. Um, and, and it also, yeah, it just came out of the blue. It felt like they wrote it in because they're like, we want a joke. So we're going to tell a joke. Um it didn't really land for me personally, but it, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, yeah. I, I would say the same actually. Now that because obviously I didn't know any of that, um, so thank you, Phil. Um, but now that you've said it, I see that sort of the bickering between them. That sort of um, it's almost like they're competing in a way um, throughout the this episode. It wasn't like overly prominent but it was definitely there but that line just kind of went a little bit over my head like i didn't really get get it yeah, yeah. it's like well what's wrong with having cuddly toys when yeah, you're yeah man stop, <laughs> exactly we get another great line when actually this is when they fly into the rat and there, i think there's a line there that only holly could deliver which yeah. is the rat ass joke Oh, I yeah. think I think if any of the other cast had delivered that line, it would it would have flopped. Yeah, but because yeah. because of his delivery, it just it somehow is actually funny. I hope we don't get stopped by the cops. They don't like it when you're rat assed. Yeah. yeah, I think he got a little bit of a clap from the studio audience as well. That, yeah, if I remember rightly. So, <laughs> but um, no, it was a good it was a good gag. I never thought I'd find so much enjoyment from um, our lead characters being shoved up a rat's ass. But there we <laughs> there we go. I'm willing to be surprised every day. They do eventually. <laughs> I, I was going to say they get to normal size, but actually it's the other way around, isn't it? The mm. ship is huge and it's shrinking back to normal yes. size. Yeah. Um, so they eventually get into a corridor um and it's too big so they the ship breaks apart and there's a big dramatic crash yeah which lovely model work. model sh- model work yeah yeah, yeah. That, and that looked fantastic I, the model work often holds up a lot better than the cgi does so yeah i had to laugh though because throughout like the past few seasons becca starbug this ship has literally been 
indestructible. It's been like submerged underwater. <laughs> it's crashed into various things. I swear it's been marooned several times, yet they've always got it back. And yet, right. so seeing it actually break apart and explode, I was like, really? I was like, this, yeah. <laughs> this is what got it? After, do you know what I mean, Phil? Like, after all this yeah. time? Um, so it's quite surreal seeing little old Starbug actually explode on screen. But, you know, there we <laughs> but go. But it's okay. There is another one. They passed There's probably it like, and they were Oh, yeah, they did in. pass it. Yeah. Oh, there we go. <laughs> so, That's that. It's all right. There's more. Um, <laughs> they, they Once they crawl themselves out of the wreckage, though, they're greeted by three people in, like, hazmat suits. Um, very made me think of like Back to the Future when Marty emerges in his yellow uh, hazmat type suit, uh, and they take it's the crew. They're, this is where they find yeah. out the crew has been resurrected, and it's a couple of Lister's old mates. Um, I can't remember the names of these guys, but one of them has been in it before, hasn't he? Yeah, um, yeah. The uh, the guy that also played Nigel in EastEnders many years ago. Um, uh, I think it was Nigel. Um, he he's there. No Peterson though, no, no Olaf Peterson. No. Yeah, who was his like best mate. Yeah, which and is played a shame. by oh, is it Mark, Mark Williams. Williams? So yeah. um, Ron Weasley's dad for some of you out there, or um, or Rory Williams's dad for any Doctor Who fans yes. out there. Um, I think it's Mark Williams. I yeah. think I've got that right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It is. I'm pretty sure it is. And apparently he was asked back, but he mm. uh, the filming clashed with his filming on the Fast Show. Ah, uh, fair show. enough. So fair he enough. Do it, which is a shame, but he yeah. does get a he does get a name check. He gets so a name nice. check, and there's some lovely callbacks to like way back at the beginning of series one, like the the old the old bunk, like the old bunk set. Yeah, get like, to see the old great gray, gray yeah. scale and all. And um, when we see Rimmer, he's got his well, I guess an updated version of his old gray or beige uniform. Um, so yeah, lots of nice little thing, you know, little things where you go, ah, like you see it and you're like, ah, I, see I remember that. I remember <laughs> this. References for anyone who's seen. I mean, I know me and Becca. Oh, you have as well, Phil. But I, to avoid the audience, if you've seen the new Spider-Man film, it's kind of like that where things happen and you go, ah, that, I know yeah, what that no is. spoilers, but yeah, no spoilers. <laughs> I mean, you all should have seen it by now. Come on, like, what are you doing? <laughs> I didn't it, see it for like three weeks. You I, held out for a long time. I didn't I'm avoid the spoilers though, unfortunately. Oh, I feel like if I've seen it, then everybody else should have seen it. That <laughs> that says everything you need to know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Very quickly though, Captain Hollister also returns yes, and he, he is does. there and comes out and arrests them for stealing Starbug. So uh, yeah. there. And in then we get water. the shouty man. The shouty man. Yes, the shouty man was great. Yeah. So, what, so what did you think, Becca, when all this was happening? Then this was about like fifteen minutes in, and I think at this point I realised that I realised what was going on with the crew and like that they they like the resurrection and all of that. So it was about fifteen minutes in. I paused it and went, "Oh, <laughs> like I, I actually the pennies dropped." Yeah. Um I was a little bit. Um, what's the guy? Who was he now? The like a sergeant, was he? Not the shouty the, one, the other the, one. The one who approached them, the captain, the one with yeah, the, the American captain. accent. Yeah. Very questionable American accent at times, may Ooh. I say? Oh, oh, oh. I mean I, I think he's actually American. <laughs> Is he? I think so. <laughs> oh, that's worrying. Let me um, let me oh I'm gonna look that up. Oh, uh, his name like out. Mac McDonald. Mac McDonald, yeah, is the yeah. actor's oh, that's, name. Yeah. Uh, the American British. Yeah, he was born in uh Long Island, New York. 
an American ah, actor. Yike. New York. I wonder if he spent a lot of time in England then, maybe. Maybe. Was it the same it actor? Like... Go on, sorry. I was just going to say, it was like a weird sort of, it was like a hybrid. Like, mm. it, either. Yeah, maybe he, was... he has spent a lot of time here then, because I've Eventually. got a, one of my best friends is American and he moved over here when he was 14 and he's lived here ever since. So he's now lived here over half his life. And to me, he still sounds American. But when he yeah. goes to America, they all say he sounds British. So yeah, it's probably this weird hybrid yeah. kind of half. And I think half. we had a, when, when me and Becca were at university together. A few people on our course were American, and I swear, even then, like when they went home for Christmas, they said their friends are saying, "Oh, you sound so British," even though they to us they still had like their American. It'd be certain yeah. words or like turns of phrase that they'd picked up from us. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Um, I I found his character. I don't know what it was. I didn't really connect with the captain. And I, I guess in some ways he, he didn't get a lot of screen time in that particular episode. Mm. So there wasn't really much of a chance to connect. But I don't know. I just found the way he played it very, like, very safe. Okay. He's like got he this kind have... of like weird, like he's, he's not very good at his job. And we get that in scenes later on, like right. when he comes out of the toilet and stuff as well, that he's just kind of like, a slightly bumbling captain. Right, yeah. cool. All right, that makes sense. That makes sense. I'd... Yeah, it, it, I mean, still, I, I I wasn't a massive fan of that character. I don't think I really... Um, I was neither here nor there about them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did like the line when he's chatting with one of his subordinates and she's saying about the rumours about the ship and he's like, how the hell did you know that? And she's like, oh, coffee dispenser on G-Flo told me. Because <laughs> it... Because the machines on Red Dwarf, are, they have personalities. So just oh, no the way. idea that a coffee machine was like, hey, do, 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 you, hear, do you hear about this? And she's like, oh, that, <laughs> I don't know. That tickled me a little bit. Yeah. That's brilliant. Yeah. You, I mean, the probably the, the utensil or the machine in, uh, with the most funny personality outside of like the actual oh, AI. don't say it. Talky God. toaster. Uh, Talky toaster. toaster. That is determined to get oh. you to have toast or toasted beverage. Toast beverages? Toasted... Um, Tasted just toasting anything at any He's time a... of the day. He's constantly hounding people to have snacks. He he appears in a couple of episodes. That's quite funny. Oh, he's um, not upcoming still, is he? Uh, he spoilers, we, well, we, we might, may see him again. We may see him again. Oh, yeah. Okay, then maybe not this. I can't remember if it's this series, but we do see him again at some point. Mm. Um, yeah. So we get uh, him in the bunk. He talks to Holly again, Lister. Um, uh, it appears that Holly isn't known to the rest their version of holly isn't known to the rest of the crew because the captain at one point says oh we haven't been able to get holly back online yes yeah the crash did something but their version of holly they've got on their little watch which they can transfer to the screens and stuff so it's like there's i don't i can't remember if there's going to be an episode with two hollies if they get it up and running or if that's i don't i don't know what's happening there okay i can't remember so even though i've watched this series several times some of it was like <laughs> 10 years ago the last time I watched this, so my memory's a bit flaky. Yeah. Um, we, we get a, a line where he's talking about, they're talking about potential punishment for their crime, and mm. it might be two years in the brig, which they find yes. out there's a whole like prison on the ship that they didn't yeah. know about. And Lister goes, oh no, two years without sex. Now, I'm already thinking they're like, 
you've just gone like six years without sex. So yeah, <laughs> like why, why should space. two more years be any worse? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes. typical Lister though. That's first thing on his mind. Um, the bit throughout this though that got me, I think the next scene is the one with Cat where he's being examined. Yeah, um, well, we get him. I'm... We get do get Lister uh, meeting. Rimmer first before. Oh, that, we do, of course. Um, we do, yeah. Which is like that's when he realizes that Rimmer has also been resurrected, but then very quickly mm. realizes and he says, Oh, it's you like he used to be. Yeah. Even more he... of a so and so than Because Rimmer, Rimmer is always a bit of a git, basically. He's uh, and he is throughout the whole run. But he did get a bit of character development. And they mm. kind of did become friends. Uh, yeah. towards the end of his time last season and then he went off so there's this new version that is just like the complete it that he was at the very beginning <laughs> yeah and, exactly uh yeah so it's, that was quite funny and he rec- he manages to recruit rimmer to to help them get out of the to try and get out of the situation they're in he sort of offers yeah. him and says he can get him promoted so um <laughs> yeah so it plays on rimmer's you know self-serving nature yeah how he says he can't be bought out of his principles and then immediately says okay what is it or yeah. I'll do it or whatever good old chris barry yeah and then there's the cat scene is it i think so um i do you know what i love this the cat's funky heartbeat and pulse i was sat i was jamming along in my seat i was like yeah it's a good beat, to be fair. I was like, I want my, I want my heartbeat and pulse to sound like that, and all the little things like how his inside, what was it like, his inside, all his, his intestines are, all, are internally decorated or something. They're color coded, like yeah, yeah. color coordinated. That's it, yeah, because the cat's all about fashion and all about looking, yeah, yeah. looking your best, and and the whole. Oh, the I don't know why it's very childish. The six nipples gag got me as well. I don't even know why. Um, yeah, I just love that scene. It was a great scene. It was a great scene. I don't. I I never like to be too negative about the acting on the show, but I don't know. There was something about the Doctor character that was seemed a bit wooden. I don't know what you guys was that about. the the female. The, yeah, she was kind yeah. of. The, and I guess, I guess, she was... guess we're going to get that a bit now. We've got a potentially expanded cast that we're going to get more people in and more people that are just kind of throw away there for just one scene and stuff. Um, mm. but yeah, she just, I don't know. There was something about it that kind of rang a bit strange about her delivery of the lines. I don't know. Yeah. What did you think, Becca? I didn't mind it too much, actually. Um, I think the focus in that scene was on the sounds more than anything. Yeah. And mm. the, like the cat's reactions, like as he was bopping his head along and then obviously you had the captain that was like grooving. Yeah. So I think that role is very much the the sort of the person that's in the middle trying to be the blank canvas in a way. Um, yeah. I think it was intentional and I, I kind of liked it actually to have this sort of trio of like the inquisitive one, which was the captain. Then you had the cat, which was just sort of observing it and sort of being um, in their wonderful weirdness. And then you had the the nurse, which was just like, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. Um yeah, I love that bit actually with the with the pulse and the fact that the pulse was different to the heartbeat. I yeah, I thought it was genius. I yeah. had a good chuckle to that. Could only happen to the cat as well. It's such a such a cat thing, really. It did it did make me think of um uh being, you know, Doctor Who fans, like people people's reactions when they hear the doctor's heartbeat. 
and the fact that it's two heartbeats. Obviously, on an oh, extreme yeah. level, his isn't dancing around, but uh, it did make me briefly yes. think of that. Um, yeah. One of my favorite scenes, I think, comes next, which is Crichton being assessed by the uh, yes, psychiatrist, yeah. uh, which was just just hilarious. Yeah. Robert Llewellyn, who's the actor at his absolute pit. I mean, this is your chance, Becker, I guess, to see Crichton as Crichton is. I mean, what yeah. what did you think of this scene? I Honestly, I think it was... Well, I, I, I didn't know, actually, whether this was my favourite part of the, the episode because I had, like, three favourites. But <laughs> it was definitely up there. I just love the fact that we get to see all the emotions that robots never get to show in one scene and mm. he he just did it so well and it was so like I don't know that it was it was snappy the pace of the scene was really good and I think the contrast between uh Crichton and the psychiatrist was just brilliant like they they were listening to each other and bouncing off each other so well um yeah just I thought it was hilarious really really yeah. funny Robert Llewellyn's another one, I think, where his his like physical acting is, especially under all that makeup as well, just um yeah, really shines through. So impressive the the whole makeup, everything like really, really impressive. When he started going through the emotions, um, displaying all the emotions he could do, and you think he says like his first one is like, "Oh no, I'm going to die" or something like that, and then it's sadness. Oh no, I've died. I thought it would kind of they were doing it was always going to be a, a take on that line. It's sort of like that. I'm sure you guys have done it in various acting classes where you have to do one line but with different emotions, the same exact yeah. same line but with different emotions each time. I thought he was going to do something like that. But but it kind of went down a slightly different route. But it, like you say, it was absolutely hilarious yeah. with the physical comedy and things. It just it made me think of all those auditions, you know, like, oh, you've said it yeah, this oh way. God, Can yeah. you try it now and say it like this, please? And it'll be something like completely, well, often like a, like you're saying, it'd be like, oh, I can't. You'll be like, I can't believe she died. And they'll be like, right. Can you say it now? Like as if you've just won the lottery. And it's like, okay. But <laughs> yeah. yeah. All the different emotions kind of felt very... Not quite where they needed to be, but that was the Crichton charm about it, if that makes sense. And that's that's what I loved about it so much. Like that told me more about his character. And I was like, I feel like because of that, I I became a lot more fond of the character as well, um, because you got to see a little bit of his personality, which obviously is very should be robotic, Mm -hmm. but it's. Yeah. Is anything but. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> In the best way possible. Um, I like the psychiatrist, like you say, the psychiatrist sort of being like, okay, like, yeah. all right, we'll Because pop- yeah. I guess that's the stereotype. Of course, not every psychiatrist is like that. I'm sure there's many great ones out there. But I guess the stereotype of anyone like that is this, like, oh, you know, we're here to listen. And yet they're like, okay, like, let's, well, let's. It's that very like condescending, it's slightly like, condescending, patronizing. patronizing. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And he's like, "So you're a robot, you're aren't a robot. you?" <laughs> like, like he's yeah. talking to a toddler or something. Yeah, um, exactly. And, and then when um, Crichton tells him when he was built, and he's like, "Now that's the future, isn't yeah, it?" Yeah, <laughs> that's the future, isn't it? Yes. Is that chair screwed down? Yes. That'll be the recurring gag. <laughs> yeah, yeah, his delivery on all those lines was brilliant. I think. Um, I love loved him. I don't. I I hope we see him again. Again, I can't remember. I hope we do see him again because mm. that would just be funny. And it ends with him making his assessment, which is that Crichton 
should be reset to factory settings. Yeah, which hopefully doesn't go ahead, because then we'll have to do that character development all over again. I know, he's just learned to break all of his programming and everything. I know. Back to square one. Well, we'll see. We'll see in part two whether that happens or not, I suppose. Yeah. And then we end the episode with finding out what exactly Lister tasked uh, Rimmer to do, which was to go into the wreckage of Starbuck um, and retrieve a data disk, I think it was. Yes. With all of the, yeah. we, we knew that from earlier because they'd had a conversation about what they were going to do. They, that Lister would be going, I can get you promoted by having, I know all the dirt on all the crew because I've had free reign of the ship for like eight years or whatever. Mm. So he goes for that. But while he's there, he finds the luck and sexual magnetism viruses, which were from yes. a previous episode several years ago, where they had come across these various positive viruses that do good things. And uh, and he he drinks the sexual magnetism one. Because of course he does. Of course he does. Yeah. Uh, what does he, he says uh, when Holly asks him if he's going to take some? Oh, it's like, is Paris is a plaster or something? Yeah. Something like that, yeah. And then he strolls back through Red Dwarf and all the ladies saying, oh, hi. Yeah, yeah. They yeah. do it at the same time as well. They <laughs> the do, whole yeah. like, oh. It's like magnetised. Well, it is magnetised, sexual magnetism. Yeah. And, and what's that line he finishes? It's like everyone loves a bastard or something like that. <laughs> yeah. and then Which I guess is continue. true of his character, really. Yeah. Because we love Rimmer, even though he's a bit that of a bastard true. sometimes. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, to be continued as well, of course. I um, did love that bit with um, uh, Holly as well on the screen where it says sick bags on standby. Oh, yeah, sick oh, bags yeah. on standby. I, for a minute, I was like, oh, he's froze. And then I realised he wasn't. He was yeah. just like holding the position. <laughs> and yeah. I was like, "That's that." I love that. What a great way to end it. Hold of general <laughs> disgust. Yeah. Um, be- before we go over like our usual segments, I just think I was a bit disappointed that and um, we didn't see more of Kachansky, um, the you know the the woman of the crew, um, because yeah. the last we see of it, there's that corridor scene with Crichton where she's like, oh, and that's where you met me, and he's like, yeah, and throws oh, his yeah. notebook away. And now but we're then, like, rearing at the head of the rivalry between them, yeah, yeah. But I, like we see, you know, obviously we have we see Lister and Rimmer doing their thing. We have the cat scene with the heartbeat. We have. Crichton with the psychiatrist so she didn't she sort of got left out a bit but I guess this is one yeah. of the three-part story so I'm sure at least I'd hope she's going to feature more prominently in parts two and three but yeah just because we see her obviously but um again lovely red dwarf thing out they don't even attempt to make her look like she did at the end of series seven like the actress has come back her hair's longer they've given her a completely new outfit her hair again, is a that's completely just a different color different color <laughs> but again red dwarf, they probably just like it does it who cares like, yeah I don't care so, but no, it's good to see her. But yeah, I just hope I, I hope she has more to do. I hope they just don't do a red dwarf thing where they're like, right, we're back now. Let's just forget about her and go back to the four main boys. Because even though I've had my gripes, I've I've I've, gr- I've grown a warmth to Kachansky over series seven. So yeah. it'd be a shame just to cast her aside, give her a proper send off if you're gonna get rid of her. And so after this episode, Rebecca, are you gonna seek out parts two and three at least of this uh, this particular story? I think so. Yeah, definitely. I'm intrigued to know where it goes. And I, I did genuinely enjoy the episode. I, I found it really funny. Um, I think for the most part, I I followed it for like 90% of the episode length. That's good for <laughs> Which, a first timer. Yeah, I, I think for me in general, that's great. <laughs> 
it's quite an achievement. So, yeah, no, I'll definitely be checking out uh, the second and third part, yeah. Yeah. I'll have and to then get it... ripping parts two and three then on the Blu-ray. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And then once you've finished with the Blu-ray at the end, because the Blu-ray only goes up to the end of this series, doesn't it? It does. So once you finish it, the then, you can, for then the you can ones. pass the Blu-rays on to Rebecca. Oh, and she I can, can start yeah, from the very beginning. To eight, yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, you can. <laughs> I do. Yes, I can. Yeah. Excellent. Well, we do have reg- some regular features on the program where we talk about who our favorite characters are, what our funniest moments of the episode were, and uh, finally rank it in sort of out of ten. Sc- we didn't see the scutters. Where are the scutters? They're back I know. on the dwarf. We need the scutters back. The scutters are little robots that run around repairing things on the ships. So we mark the uh, um, each episode out of 10 scutters. Um, so, Rebecca, who was your, first of all, who was your favourite character in the episode? Holly. Uh, nice. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely Holly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, is it? Norman Lovett is so good and such good delivery on those episodes. It was there. What was your favourite? Uh, I, mean, I might be stealing from the next question then if I could. Pick, I'll leave that for a moment just in case it's your favorite moment as well as a Holly moment. But, um, what about you, Adam? Who is your favorite character? Uh, Holly came close for me, but I'm gonna give it to Rimmer, and I think that was just because you know, I- I've missed Rimmer these past few weeks, so it's been great to see him. Chris Barry's it's like he's never been away, and he made me laugh, so yeah, gonna have to give it to Rimmer for my favorite character. And what about you, Phil? Oh, well, we've all gone for different people this time. Um, oh, nice. I also almost gave it to Holly. It's great to see him again after uh, several years of him not being on the show. But I didn't give it to any of the regular cast. I gave it to the the psychiatrist guy. Oh, who very good. Did literally crack me up with every single line <laughs> yeah. he delivered. Hello, I'm Dr. Lucas McLaren. I'm the ship's chief psychiatric counsellor. And I thought it was about time we got together and had a really good natter. My name is Crichton, sir. Lovely. We are doing well, aren't we? Just his delivery was fantastic. Um, perfect. And I really hope we get to see some more of him at some point in this series. Good guest uh, as they As he maybe reassesses each of them in turn or something like that. I don't know, yeah. but that would be good to see him again. Uh, what about funniest moments? Rebecca, what was your funniest? It was probably the we're about to crash scene and then suddenly Holly appears and it was that whole bit of hit like the sequence for him and the pauses between I think it was just played beautifully like yeah all right dudes anyone fancy a game of charades using just your nose or is this a bad time Holly we're about to get crushed to death so that's a no, then, is it? Like I said before, it was that deadpan face, which I presume does he always have the deadpan face? Oh yeah, oh yes, yeah. that's his <laughs> whole shtick. Even is better. <laughs> yeah, that's his shtick. Yeah, yeah. No, I just I thought it was brilliant. It was very much my my kind of humour. That bit. Yeah. What about yourself, Adam? Well, for mine, I was tempted to go with Holly Charade's gag, but um, it's going to have to be the whole cat heartbeat and pulse scene. It just That just got me in a way I, n- I didn't expect. Do you think I'm going to have the dorky human heartbeat? Where's the tune in that? It brought that whole scene, as I said, all the gags in it really made me laugh, so... Yeah, def- it's the the cat the, the cat scan scene. That's what I'll call it. That cat scan, yeah. Time. Cat scan, yeah. Cat scan. What about you, Phil? Have you gone for something completely different again? Uh, I, I mean, based on my favourite character, <laughs> you can probably guess that my favourite moment is that scene with Crichton. Because yes. of the psych, both of them, just both of them excellent deliveries in that scene. Crichton mm. with his 
physical comedy and what he does with his face and his delivery and the psychiatrist as well. So, yeah, I'm going to give it to that scene. Top dollar. Um, right. So marks out of 10, then how many scutters <laughs> out of 10 would you give this episode? Oh, um, we do was... take point fives. Yeah, we take oh, point fives. You know what? To. I was going to ask this. <laughs> um, I would say 7.5. Oh, okay. nice. Yeah. 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 Nice. Adam? Uh, I'm going to give it an 8.5. I thought this was a really decent season opener. I'm curious to see where it goes. I say returning characters are on form. Nice to have an expanded crew again. Just, um, yeah, you know, again, a bit more Kachansky, bit, well, just a bit more balance across the whole team, but I'm sure that'll come. And as we said, some of the jokes either went a bit too long, like the whole 83-year-old dad at the beginning. Um, but yeah, no, I thought this was pretty solid, so 8.5 for me. What about you, Phil? Are you one of those two in the middle? Where are we going? I'm going higher. I'm going oh. nine. Oh, a nine out of ten. Nine eh? out of ten. I actually really, I forgot, actually, because Series A gets a lot of flack from the fans and that some of that i'm pretty sure is justified later on but right. this i think was a really strong start for it it was funny throughout i was laughing out loud throughout yeah there's some moments like the long joke at the beginning that don't quite land and like some of the acting like from like i said the the doctor character wasn't 100% but they're like really small quibbles and for the most part I had a great time the whole way through story was strong comedy was strong yeah just really enjoyed myself oh good time well hey all positive reviews all around that's always good we've yeah. had some guests before like where well either me or Phil or that one person will be like didn't like this at all <laughs> yeah, so be like, oh, right, okay yeah no I did enjoy it I feel like uh my my rating of scutters may change um Ooh. because it's one of those like it's the first episode i've watched so yeah. when i have something to compare it to it might change so i'll report back and i'll let you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah once i've given her the blu-ray box set then yeah. <laughs> she'll let you know <laughs> tweet it tweet along as you're watching it each episode little mini yeah. reviews and they'll real retweet yeah. it on the uh podcast uh, on the Twitter podcast account. yeah perfect Absolutely. i will do <laughs> Well, that's it then for another episode. Um, Back in the Red Part 1. We'll be back for Back in the Red Part 2 next week. Mm -hmm. Um, And as we continue on, uh, thank you for joining us, Rebecca. It was lovely to have you. Thanks. A pleasure. Thank you very much for having me. Do you have anything you'd like to promote? Do you uh, have any social medias you'd like to plug or anything else? Or anything you are are acting in at the moment you'd like to plug? Bear in mind that it this episode will not be out for several weeks. So if it's something that's only going to be on for another week. Um, well, at the moment, I'm planning loads of really cool events with my theatre company, Blue Balloon Theatre. You can find us on all social media platforms at Blue Balloon MCR. And my social media is Rebecca Fithian, uh, which is P-H-Y-T-H-I-A-N. <laughs> there you go. Nice. And where can people find you, Adam, on socials? Thank you find me. Um, it's just Adam Martin. That's Martin with a Y. Thank you very much, you English-speaking people. That's the Welsh heritage coming out there. Um, but yeah, Adam Martin on YouTube, on Twitter. It's Adam Martin AMTV for daily ramblings uh, and all sorts of other things. And yeah, and uh, Phil, what about yourself? Where can the people find you? Best place is probably my YouTube channel, which is just my name, Phil Philip Hawkins, uh, one L in Philip and talk about Doctor Who 
and other geeky stuff. This podcast is up there. All those sort of things. It's probably the best place to find me. And of course, you can follow us on our um, on our own Twitter accounts uh, for the podcast, which is at All Dead Dave Pod. And you can also buy merch. Uh, yeah. We've got merch. We've got mugs. Like this uh, mug, Adam has which you mug. can't see, but believe me, <laughs> I am holding a mug. It's a Becky, very nice mug. Thank you very much. You can buy but mugs, yes, you we... can buy t-shirts, you can buy yeah. face masks. Uh, very yeah. important in this in this stay current safe. Uh, time. Stay safe. Although somebody in our comments since we started plugging the merch has been very keen to point out that cloth uh, face marks aren't as effective as the N95 uh, official, you know, proper ones. The, so, the uh, what and the what now? The, yeah, cloth face masks. Uh, you know, this is my public service announcement part of it. Uh, just, you know, <laughs> but you know, it's better than nothing. So, uh, so yeah, please do buy a face a mask, mask with our Please wear a mask. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So there's lots of stuff on there. Link will be in the YouTube description so you can find that as well. And um, that's all for this week. Thank you for watching and we'll see you soon. Goodbye. See you later. Bye.